Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Everything Ema podcast, part of the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Joe Tillery. I hope you're having a wonderful day, just like I am, because K-State is fresh off of a win in the Sunflower Showdown, and it was a massive game. In today's episode, I'm going to run you through all my thoughts on that. I'm going to run you through some different things that happened post-game, during the game, and all the great things happening around Manhattan. So we'll talk a little bit about the Sunflower Showdown, as well as look ahead a little bit at BYU. But before I get into things here today, let me tell you this. If you like the show, go ahead and consider leaving that five-star rating review on whatever streaming network you're listening to this on, whether that be Apple Music, Spotify, you know, any type of podcast platform. Go ahead and consider leaving that rating and review, and then taking a screenshot of that and sending it over to my boss, Pete Mundo. He will hit you back with a Heartland College Sports koozie, and it will keep your beers cold. As the weather continues to heat up outside, it's an important thing to keep those beers ice cold and fresh in an HCS koozie. But folks, K-State is back. Now, I know that people are going to want to sit here and say, well, yeah, I mean, we still lost Oklahoma State and we did this and that. Guys, I'm not focused on that. This was a season reset at the halfway mark. You're 5-5 five and five in that moment, and you go out there and beat your rival, a top-four team in the country. That's a massive win for not only yourself, for the morale, but for also the NCAA tournament standings like... When you look at the resumes, it's going to be tough sledding to decide a couple of different teams. But I want to run you through the box score and tell you kind of what I saw that stood out. Obviously, there's a couple of different storylines to focus on. And I will detail all that more here in a sec. Let's start off here. K-State, 11-0 in overtime. Do we understand how ridiculous this is? Do we understand the magnitude of what's happening with that? Not just, wow, we're pretty good in overtime. You know, we're, you know we usually don't lose close games. 11-0, the longest streak in the history of Big 12 basketball in overtime. Jerome Tang has never lost an overtime game in his entire coaching career as a head coach. That's ridiculous. That is ludicrous. Any adjective you want to use, that's probably fitting. 11-0, folks. That includes games against Baylor, multiple games against Baylor, excuse me, two games against Baylor, two games against Kansas. I mean, we've taken really good teams to overtime. And Jerome Tang now solidifies himself as a total of 5-1 against Scott Drew and Bill Self. That's ridiculous. That is incredible. I know there's some teams that you can say, well, home environment and this and that. K-State is a really, really good program. And I'm really proud of the guys that stepped up last night. Let's run you through the box score here and I'll give you my specific takes. Arthur Kaluma finishes with 13, 8, and 2. Tyler Perry with 26, 5, and 4. A massive day for Tyler Perry. And Cam Carter, 19 points, 11 boards, 2 assists. Now, everybody else outside of that, I'm not going to try to just skip over them. I'm going to read you through it, but the big three all showed up for K-State. That's the biggest thing to focus on here. Jarrell Colbert had some massive minutes. We'll talk about Jarrell here in a sec. No points, but had three rebounds and three assists and was plus 21 in the plus-minus rate. Like, like the rating that Jarrell provided was massive. Going toe-to-toe with Hunter Dickinson and held his own comfortably. We'll talk about Jarrell here more in a second. Data Ames, six points, one rebound, two assists in this game. Will McNair, six and three, six points, three rebounds. David Gasson, 5.7 rebounds and two assists. In limited minutes because he's a little bit banged up with the knee injury going on. But how about the Cats pulling one out late? I have to start with my guy, Jarrell Colbert. I have to start with Jarrell. Man, let me just say this. This was his second career start. And he's focused on playing and defending a player who's one of the front runners for the Wooden Award. One of the best players in college basketball in Hunter Dickinson. A dude who's standing 7'2", 260. A small skinny kid from Houston goes out there and shows the absolute athleticism and bothers him, man. That's what you love to see. Jarrell Colbert showed a formula last night, and you've seen a little bit with Garrison from Oklahoma Oklahoma State. I think that's the kid's last name. I apologize if it's not. The athletic, rangier bigs really give Hunter Dickinson trouble. 
because he doesn't have the endurance. Like you're you're seven two two sixty. I get it. You can have endurance. You can be an athlete athlete type person. But the dude was gassed. And I want to say this: we didn't get the under twelve, the under sixteen timeout till the ten minute mark. I mean, we hardly had any breaks in action because neither team was fouling and neither was turning the ball over. Obviously, in the end, there's a lot of turnovers, but K State ends up handling the charge. Like Jarrell Colbert had Hunter Dickinson gasping for air at the under twelve. That's incredible to see. Checks in, immediately wins the tip. Right there. That's a big confidence boost. Wins the tip, gets an assist and a low block penetration, gets posted up on Hunter Dickinson, tosses out to Cam Carter. Cam is on killer mode, hits the three. Back going the other way. Kansas brings the ball up the court. They toss it in Hunter Dickinson, and Jarrell blocks it so hard, just sends it back at him. And I know that that's just one play out of many, many, many plays in the game, but you take it back to last year, how did the game start? KU wins the tip, gets it up the court, Jalen Wilson drives to the cup, and Keontae Johnson sends it back at him. And you hear the crowd pop. You hear the energy and the excitement. Like, when you get an early block or some type of major hype play like that, the entire energy on the court feels like, oh yeah, we can beat these dudes. They don't know what they're doing. We can beat these dudes. And Jarrell continued to show up. I mean, you're plus 21, and you didn't score. And for those of you that might not know, because I know that's kind of just a vague metric, Based on what Google says, at least, and I know it's some type of algorithm for the plus minus, but it's a stat that measures a player's impact on the game by calculating the change in the score, plus or minus, while each player's on the court. So basically with that, Jarrell Colbert had the team plus 21 when he was on the court. He didn't score, and he was still plus 21. That's incredible. Had multiple blocks in this game, was just locking down the rebounds on the offensive glass, and you love to see it. I know that some people will be like, well, he missed a couple free throws and he needs to get better at this. Yeah, but he's a young kid, man. I'm just excited to see him out there. And in your second career game, you're going toe-to-toe with one of the best players in college basketball. That's a massive deal. Coach Tang talked about it in post-game, too. It's like, you know, everybody looked at Jarrell Colbert and said, this was your guy, man. This dude had a great game. And they asked, you know, what's next for Jarrell? And Coach Tang was pretty honest and said, you know, with Jarrell, it's about understanding that he can't get comfortable and say, you know what, cool, I just, you know, handle business against a top-five team. I don't want him to think this is the ceiling for him. Because he has so much more he can develop and become. Like, Jarrell Colbert, if we haven't seen it yet, folks, he can be the best shot blocker in the Big 12. He can finish on the offensive side of the ball with authority. He can step out and shoot. Like, he's an athletic dude that if he continues to grow his confidence and physically can develop a little bit, he's going to be a massive player for K-State. So, I don't know that we'll see the full benefit of what Jarrell Colbert can be this season just because of some physicality limits. I know Coach Tang talked about how he's strong and he's still getting stronger, but... He still does look a little bit, uh, you know, obviously it's kind of tough to justify when you just, you know, locked up a dude who's 7-2-2-60, but Coach Tang talked about how he's not 100% there on the physical side yet for the the full duration of a Big 12 basketball game yet. But that's why you're going to see him in that 16-25 to 25 minute range. And since he's come into the starting lineup, K-State has looked better. They've had more of a spark, more energy. I think Jarrell is kind of the heartbeat of this team. The combination of Jarrell Colbert and Cam Carter, like, those are the dudes that instill heart in this team. Last year, I know you had Keontae Johnson, Marquise Noel. With Keese, you didn't have to try, to try to step up. You didn't have to have a leader that stepped up. It was always Keese. You knew who the leader was. You knew the guy that was going to inspire the best confidence out of his players. With this team, there's a couple of dudes that are pretty quiet and they're, you know, they're reserved. It's not like they're the most outspoken dudes all the time, but you've seen Cam step into that role. I mean, he had the quote last time about how there needs to be more heart. We got to play with more heart. Cam Carter went out there in attack mode back-to-back threes within the first 90 seconds of the game. And you felt the energy, you felt the heart, you felt the focus. K-State told on themselves, man. That's what Coach Tang talks about. They told on themselves. They're a better team than they can be. 
And I got to tell you, I kind of almost point fingers at the coaching staff. I'm not saying they did a bad job or anything like that, but Coach Tang talked about it in the postgame. He discussed the fact that he didn't feel like he had connected with the guys as well as he should have. You know, the hearts weren't all aligned. You know, you can coach guys to be good basketball players, but when you truly love each other and you're really competing, leaving everything out there, Jerome Tang feels like his players get that extra little bit of fight, that extra little bit to dig deep. You saw it last night. You absolutely did. From guys like Cam Carter, guys like Will McNair. Will McNair was solid on the glass. Guys like David Gasson, just dudes who are relentlessly fighting to the end. Tyler Perry, man, that dude is so good at basketball. It's crazy some of the stipulations we've seen where it's five points in the first half, 21 in the second half. But shoot, man, that guy is a great basketball player. I was so impressed to see TP bounce back. In this game, I should run you through the stats for uh, for KU as well because it'll help to know some of our defensive effort that really helped out last night. I want to talk about the big elephant in the room here with Kansas. So they had some guys that scored some points and had some boards. Like KJ Adams had 13-2-4, Hunter Dickinson 21-12, Kevin McCuller had 15-6, and 15-6-6, excuse me. DeJuan Harris had one of his best scoring outings in a, in a while, 15 points, 2 rebounds, 8 assists. And then Johnny Furphy, this is the guy you have to talk about. Furphy has been lights out over the last six games. Guys averaging 16-ish points over the last six games. Since being inserted in the starting lineup, the dude has made a massive difference for Kansas. He had one of those nights, man. And I think part of it was the length of Kansas State. I think a lot of it was Cam Carter, to be perfectly honest with you. Because people say that, you know, shooters miss and they do this. Yeah, shooters miss. That's true. But they're going to make a lot more shots when the, you know, the circumstances are in their favor. Cam Carter is one of the best two-way players in the country. One of the best athletic finishers, defenders, anything you want to say. Cam Carter provides problems for offensive dudes. Arthur Kaluma, his length also gave trouble to Johnny Furphy. Furphy finishes with four points, four rebounds, and one assist, and it was his lowest outing in a while. KU had a total of two bench points in this game. That is not a mistake. That is two bench points. K-State's bench severely outscored him, and they handled the task well. There's a lot you can say about specifics and guys that, you know, whatever storyline you want to run with. I mean, you can talk about Jarrell Colbert. You can talk about Cam Carter. I want to talk about Tyler Perry, too, man. This guy has gotten so much flack from everybody. He was a killer in that game. That was an assassin performance. You know, my mind goes back to the Nigel Pack performance when he had 30 points in the first half, whatever it was. He was like 8 for 8 from 3. K-State ends up blowing the lead and losing that game, and that sucked. Tyler Perry wasn't going to let that happen tonight. He had a, I mean, I say tough first half. Still got on the board and had 5 points in the first half. And down the stretch, looked like Marquise Noel. He was rolling in crazy athletic finishes that you wouldn't expect to go on. He was hitting threes from everywhere. I mean, here's the thing about this dude. When Coach Tang says he's the best shooter in America, I genuinely believe that. The only reason he's not some nights is that it's it's thinking too much. It seems like it's really a, you know, it lives and dies with him. If he can just get the ball in the hoop once, that dude is engaged, man. One three, and the guy's going 10 for 10 on his next 10 threes. Like, the dude is just legit lights out. He's a talented shooter, man. I'm so proud of Tyler Perry. Also had five rebounds and four assists in this game. What a complete game from Tyler Perry. Dude, it's gotten just a lot of flack from everybody, so... I just want to speak on behalf of everybody that Tyler Perry deserves an apology. I was pretty positive and supportive of TP because I think you saw what he could do, but Tyler Perry has absolutely deserved it. He willed the team to the win. Alongside Cam Carter, man, 19-11 was huge, and Cam, I think, was the guy that established what needed to be done. You know, with Cam being there last year, I think it's important to note that someone out on the court, like, like yeah, Dorian Finister's been there, yeah, Jarrell Colbert's been there, yeah, David Gasson's been there. But none of these guys really felt, you know, what it felt like to play 35 minutes in a game against KU. Cam Carter had that last year. He knew what it took. You saw Ish, you saw Marquise, you saw Keontae. He knew what it was going to take down the stretch. 
having Cam there to weather the storm, whenever you go through those stretches of like, all right, we're not converting, let me get to the cup. Bully ball, bullies a 6'9 Johnny Furphy into the paint and gets an and one. Cam Carter is an NBA player, dude. He is so good at basketball, and I'm so proud to see the kid develop because I saw a lot of trash, man. Cam, for whatever reason, seems to be the guy that every rival fan base wants to pick on. They're like, well, wow, Jerome Tang's first portal edition, huh? Averaged 1.8 points at Mississippi State. I bet he'll be good. And then two short seasons later, well, I guess less than that, a season and a half later, he is averaging the sixth or seventh most points in the Big 12. He's lights out on the glass. He's one of the most athletic players in the league. And he has a serious case for most improved player. And then even next year, Big 12 player of the year. That's Cam Carter. That dude who showed up and worked. And I saw KU fans during the game being like, okay, I thought it was kind of a joke at first. Cam Carter is so good at basketball. That kid, that kid can play. And so that was kind of a funny reality to watch that set in a little bit of people kind of thinking that he was just whatever, a role player who's playing up against bad competition or whatever. Cam Carter does this against everybody. Had 17 points against Houston, had 19 against Kansas. If that isn't proof for you, I don't know what is. But like the Big 12, you have to shelf these. You can't just let them linger into the next game. But thankfully, K-State has some time off before they play BYU on Saturday. With the big Monday games, I know the 24-hour period sucks, that quick turnaround, but at least you get some time off. So K-State basketball will play again on Saturday against BYU, which I'm a little worried about because they're just, like, they just jack up threes, man. That is so tough to play against because you kind of live in, well, you live and die with three. That's the truth. But if they're hitting them, you're going to lose. If they're missing them, you have a shot to win. But it's all right there in an instant. I mean, you have a team of five guys that can all hit the three in an effective clip. So it'll be a good game. But Saturday, February 10th at 9 p.m. Central, it's a late game, K-State will take on BYU, and it'll be a great matchup. As the Kansas State Wildcats continue their run and hope to get towards an NCAA tournament win, another quad one opportunity to be a massive win to steal on the road. I think it's going to be a good contest. I'm not going to give a, a specific prediction yet because I think it really does depend on that three ball. If K-State can limit the team to less than you know, 40% from three, they can win. If they shoot around 40, you're probably going to lose. That's genuinely the way it looks out. But I tell you what, I have more confidence in this team than I did at the start of the season. I think the leadership's there, the confidence is there, and the heart's there. That's what Cam Carter talked about. The heart is there. Other storylines around the game. In case you missed it, how about Kansas cornerback Kobe Bryant saying, hey, we'll take care of him in football. Don't worry, guys. What a dumb statement to make. What a stupid decision to post that. Kobe, the last time KU beat K-State, you were in pre-K, pal. Scooby-Doo 2 hadn't even come out yet. We're talking in a world where Kansas fans who were enrolling at KU were three the last time their team won. That's crazy. So, K-State, who I didn't know, I mean, I knew that Avery Johnson's a competitor, but I didn't know he had this much fire. Avery quote tweets it with crying laughing face emojis. And that is incredible to see, man. I was so stoked about that. It seemed like Avery and the rest of the guys said, yeah, okay, buddy. You know, you, the last time you posted on social media, you were holding someone else's MVP trophy, trying to recreate the Kobe Bryant picture. Like, come on, man. This kid is continually setting himself up under the rim. Like, I think Kobe Bryant's a great player. I think he'll have a lot of success in the NFL. I think he'll go on and have a great career. But, man, I mean, it all goes back to that Top Gun quote. You're writing checks your ego can't cash. That's what you're doing. You're setting yourself up, man. You're giving us fire and ammunition at a home game in Manhattan, in Bill Snyder Family Stadium. You're going to take down Kansas State. Buddy, I'll believe it when I see it. You had the prime opportunity last year and couldn't get the job done. I mean, you're up on K-State 10 points in the fourth quarter, and you gave it away. Will Howard came back. This year, you get Avery Johnson, who not one person on KU's defense is going to be anywhere near the entire game. I mean, those dudes are not quick enough to stay up with Avery Johnson. I don't think anybody in the nation really is, but you're going to learn, and you're going to learn a hard one 
especially when the 250 quote tweets at the time of recording this all have to bookmark what you said and say, yeah, all right, you'll take, ta- you'll take care of business. All right, we'll see what happens. Usually I wouldn't invest in that business if that's the case, but this is also the same fan base that had multiple football fans being like, yeah, we'll wait till basketball season. Guys, it's basketball season. You're 0-2. What are we doing? I'm not the biggest KU hater out there. I don't want to make it sound like that, but Lance Leipold himself said it. It's so much easier in the mind of, minds of fans and players to go from A to Z. We have to focus on going from A to B, B to C, C to D, D to E. We can't just jump the gun. Kobe Bryant feels like the pinnacle example of, hey, we're jumping the gun here. Yeah, we're the best in the country. We're going to win the Big 12. We're going to go to a college football playoff. Guys, we don't even know if your quarterback's going to be healthy yet. You don't even know if your quarterback's going to be healthy yet. There's a lot of assumptions that come out of this stuff. We're going to go into Manhattan. We're going to beat Kansas State, a team that we haven't beaten in 15 years. We lost a chunk of production on our roster. We've got some good players coming back, but we're going to beat them. We lost our offensive coordinator and our defensive coordinator, but we're going to figure out a way to weather the storm and beat them. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's just a crazy thing to predict yourself. I mean, that's not Nostradamus. You know, predict what you want, predict the future, go Tony Romo mode if you have to, but you're setting yourself up under the rim, man. And I saw some KU fans chiming in like, dude, just shelf this tweet. Just, just focus on playing. Why would you give them ammunition to come at you? Everybody does that, and it makes no sense. It's like saying, well, yeah, we don't think their O-line's very good. Then you get absolutely dominated by the team's O-line. This happens in every level of sports, and Kobe Bryant set it up for Avery Johnson to absolutely dunk on him. So, happens to the best of us, I suppose. It hasn't happened to any of us yet. But I tell you what, I appreciate you guys listening and joining in on the Everything Email podcast. I'm glad to have you as a part of the discussion. I hope you're all having a wonderful day, and we will talk to you here soon. Talking some BYU basketball, some BYU K-State stuff, and a couple of different storylines surrounding the Cats. If anything changes in recruitment, we'll talk about that as well. But I hope you all have a wonderful day, and we will talk to you soon. Go Cats!